This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Welcome back to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Michael here with you, and in the studio today, we have three of our four staff ladies at the Village Church. Is that, ladies, is that how you say it? Staff ladies? Female staff? Women staff? staff. Female Um, staff. They're staff who are not men. Anyways. And and, uh, really excited to have them uh, with us. We have Lydia Dawson, who is my assistant. We have Bethany Thomas, who is our director of communications and connections. And we have Deborah Giampapa, who is our office administrator. So um, this week, we've had each of you on to do individual podcasts. And we really wanted our church and our audience to know um, who you are, what makes you tick, how is it working in a church really challenged you, grown you. Um, but today, I want to talk about something different. You guys ready? Yep. Sorry, are you sure. ladies ready? All right, good. So we are what is called a complementarian church. And here's what that means simply. It means that we believe that God has created men and women differently. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And in two particular places in life that um, God has created us to function differently, the home and the church. So in a complementarian church, um, we typically do not have female pastors, female elders. Okay. Now there are some stereotypes that go with this. For example, the stereotype would be that you all like Deborah used to wear culottes and doilies on your heads and you're not allowed (laughs) to speak. Um, and so at village church, um, we have one major, one major rule that we believe is taught in scripture is that women are not pastors or elders who are preaching from the pulpit. But that does not mean that you all do not lead or have significant roles in the church. And so what I want to talk about to start this off is what is it like to be a female staff in a complementarian church? And uh, each of you are familiar with the stereotypes. Each of you are familiar with uh, maybe some of the, I'll say, cultural um, oppositions against our view. But here's my first question, and uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with Bethany. Okay, Bethany, what is it like being a woman serving in a complementarian church? Do you find it to be oppressive? Do you find it to be freeing? How would you process this? I am on the core leadership team, Mm -hmm. which is the highest level team besides eldership, basically. So I'm the one woman of two other men. It's not oppressive at all, really. It's I have a lot of freedom there and my voice is respected. It's heard. Um, They value what I have to say and what I think about things. And ultimately, a lot of things that we discuss on that team, they go before elders and some of those decisions are made by them. But um, I have a really big voice in the church and they really think I have a lot to offer. So I don't feel oppressed at all. I feel freed. I feel valued and I feel like my gifts are worth something there. So, And even bigger than that, I just want to point out that not only do you have a voice, but you actually have a position with responsibility and authority um, again, I think you hit the nail on the head. You would have the second most authoritative position in the church as a member of our core leadership team. Mm-hmm. And uh, you actually have the freedom and responsibility to lead in various aspects throughout the church. Right. People don't know this. Bethany is probably 
the first or second most influential person in our church overseeing every piece of communication that goes in or goes out. Um, it's, it's pretty incredible, our in-church communication, communication to the community. Um, almost every person who comes into our church for the first time has to go through you, whether it's through our digital front door, which is our website. Um, you are literally touching base with one person or another with every single human being who comes into our church the first time. You walk through our doors. Um, under your oversight is our first impressions ministry. Under your oversight is our, uh, I mean, you name it. So if it has to do with communications and connections, it comes under your leadership. And I would say that that is a hugely influential position. you know. And if a church is even going to grow, um, people have to be A, welcomed, B, know what next steps to take. And and um, so, Deborah, now you're in a completely different position here. You're the office administrator. Um, you get to see a, the church from a different world. It's a complementarian church. And again, the stereotype, you know, you know the stereotypes of um, culottes and doilies and stuff like that. So um, how, what has your experience been being a female on staff in a complementarian church? For me, it took me a little bit to find my voice in that process because I was so accustomed to not really speaking my mind in terms of in front of men. So looking at that leadership as the uh, only ones whose voice was spoken out loud. And if yep. I wanted to speak about things in that manner, I'd do it mm-hmm. at home and then my husband could come and talk yeah. for me. Because you literally come from the stereotype. Yes, I do. I mean, before mm-hmm. Village Church, yeah. you were a part of a complementarian world that was more extreme that truly did silence mm-hmm. the voice of women unless yeah. it was heard through the voice of their husband. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So, um, I, you know, for me, it has just been such a blessing to know that, again, that your gifts are individual and uniquely given to you from Christ and they have a purpose. Mm-hmm. He has a purpose for you in the body, whether you be a female or a male. Yep. And obviously those, those roles do look different and we believe that, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's not it's not um, dictating your value. Yep. Your value is equal. Yep. And so just it's just been beautiful to yep. watch the truth of God's word be lived out in the body in yep. a way that validates each other. That's awesome. So Lydia, um, you get to work directly for me. Um, you report directly to me and just process from your perspective a little bit. You're a female working for the lead pastor in a complementarian church. Do you sense that there is, uh, even in your role or even larger than that, um, any sort of oppression to women's staff, their voices heard less, they're not paid as well, whatever the circumstance might be. You know, I mean, so just process that from your perspective. And uh, I, and, and our audience needs to know this. I don't think our church is perfect by any stretch of the imagination, right? But I want to give you guys a free voice and I don't need our audience to think we do everything perfect. If that is the case, then we're probably misleading a little bit. I think I know I speak for all of us when I say we really love Village Church, but we have not begun to even get close to near perfecting leadership in a complementarian church, nor have I met egalitarians who are perfecting leadership in that environment either. So right. your perspective, share that a little bit. Well, I think coming in as your assistant, it was perhaps a little more natural to know that I wasn't in equal leadership with you because mm-hmm. um, I'm coming as your assistant. I'm yep. coming to help you. And so just in my mind, it was I knew that ultimately you were going to make final decisions on things that yep. I was going to take direction from you. But honestly, especially as I've grown in the position, I've really felt the freedom. And honestly, you have have asked for my opinion more than I ever thought. And as I've grown, I 
I've had more opinion and I've kind of found that voice, maybe even that Deborah was kind of talking about. But I found that you've always, you know, really accepted my thoughts. You don't always take them, but I think that's really freeing, <laughs> um, honestly, yeah. because. I know that I can share with you what I really think. And I mean, ultimately, you're going to make the decision that you think is best. And so that's just a really freeing spot to be as well. All right. So ladies, one of my highest values on the planet is short accounts. Short accounts, meaning that we deal with things directly and immediately. We don't let things fester or grow. And here's what I know with all of you. I think I can say this comfortably. Um, you probably were not as inclined to that coming on staff as you have grown into that position being here. So how has God grown your confidence in dealing with hard issues, broken relationships, a lack of unity or sin? How has God grown you each in those areas? Bethany. Well, I know for myself when I started, um, this was definitely something I had to learn because I'm very introverted and (laughs) I would prefer to not address anything that's hard or difficult or that makes me feel uncomfortable and I would prefer to sweep it under the rug and just leave it and hope that it disappears. Um, But Michael really challenged me to... Um, address things right away when they came up and really talked about why that is, which is maintaining unity. And that I really believe is why all of the staff really has so much unity is because when we have problems and when they come up, which they do, we talk about them right away Mm -hmm. and um, we forgive each other if we need to and or say sorry if it's us because that's happened too. That really has been really important and it's been really hard for me and challenging and I've had to pray a lot about Mm -hmm. that beforehand because it really had to be a work of God to come in and do give me that boldness um, that didn't exist before, basically. So it really had to be him to do it in me. And it gets more comfortable as you go along and you learn to be able to do it better and faster. And it gets easier because you know it's the right thing. I remember when it was 2010, we hired you and we had this initial conversation, short accounts if you don't do it. And I actually told you, if you want to get fired, then (laughs) then don't keep short accounts. Like this for me is like, you know, top, right? And uh, within, I think it was like two months, you had seven circumstances that were huge. I mean, they were they were not little circumstances. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Mm-hmm. And it was almost like the Lord was just like, trial by fire, here we go. <laughs> and you did an amazing job. And, and one of those in particular was so incredibly uncomfortable. Um, uh, you, you, I'm not going to talk about it publicly because it was just uncomfortable. Right. But God, I think, um, wanted to develop that in you. And then I think as you started doing that with other people, you realized um, that when people confront you, how you you respond, how you want other people to respond to mm-hmm. you. And it creates like humility. I think it was maybe two months ago or so, three months ago, we were on the phone and you were like, Michael, I, I've been, I need to talk to you about something. And you confronted me pretty directly, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, uh, and we had a great conversation. I think we both had to apologize yes. and it was done. And you did it right away. And uh, it's one of those things though that could have brewed for a very long time and it could have created resentment. So I'm really proud of you. Um, you've been on staff. This is your seventh year, right? Village Church, seventh well, it'll year on be staff. Seven on, in January. That's amazing. So. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you have grown incredibly um, in that area. And so um, Deborah, you uniquely get to see issues because mm-hmm. you're like always there. We we're in and out. Bethany and I don't usually directly work out of the church office. Um, and so you get to watch all of it. So how, how has it been confronting and keeping short accounts in your position? I think the same thing, it was uncomfortable for me at first mm-hmm. to not only to um, receive it, but because 
and also to be able to express to somebody that I felt, you know, injured or so forth. Um, mm-hmm. But watching it and, you know, to speak to Bethany, you know, in regards to her learning and um, being just uh, an amazing testimony to me, I, I really learned a lot watching that. Mm-hmm. Um, she's taught me a lot about that is not necessarily grievous. It's actually a blessing. Yep. And um, again, Michael, you know, you've challenged us as staff to keep short accounts so that we really do sincerely have unity as a body. And I've watched that from the inside out, and it really does work. And um, it's just been a beautiful thing to watch and and also to grow in. That's loving one another, if you ask me. And sometimes I'm the one who needs to be directly confronted. (laughs) Right, Lydia? Well, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was yesterday, Lydia. You're like, you know, I I really think you could do much better in this area. And I was like, Well, I phrase it as a question. Yeah. (laughs) You're you're so tactful, it's ridiculous. (laughs) I'm like, I know what you're doing. Just tell me I stink at it. You're like, Do you think that you could improve maybe like when you go to bed at night, do you ever think that maybe this isn't perfect? You're so tactful. So Lydia, I know um, you have to leave here in a minute. And uh, Lydia, this question actually pertains to why you have to go. Um, You are a mom of two. One is Evelyn. She is how old now? She's just about 15 months. about 15 Mm -hmm. months. And the other one is in your tummy. And uh, baby is due. December. December. Mm -hmm. Um, How has motherhood changed your job? Ooh, this is a big question. Honestly, you know, this job came at a time when my husband and I were really praying that there would be an opportunity that I could work from home. And I didn't even know this position existed, let mm-hmm. alone that you were looking for someone. When you brought up the idea to me, it was kind of a no-brainer. It mm-hmm. was like, this was really from the Lord. But it has been really challenging, especially as Evelyn has gotten older. Um, she has just changed so much. And so that just changes my ability to do my job. Just right now, you know, she's napping less and needs my yep. attention more in some ways. And so it's hard to have less focused, non-distracted time to do my work. Um, she's figured out how to close my computer, <laughs> um, <laughs> which is like a sign. Mommy, You're read done. to me. Yeah. I've got a book for you, which is um, like so good. And so I have so appreciated having a way to engage my mind and just be able to be and serve the church um, while being a mother, mm-hmm. really seeing the two kind of blossom together. And, and it's really just been an incredible season for me because they both kind of started at the same time as I started my role as a mom and, and started the role at church. It's awesome. What about you, Beth? Well, I'm trying to think how many years into working before I became a mom, 2010 to 2013? Yeah, I think. 15? No, uh, Oliver's not three. Two. He's only 2014. 2014. Wow, I should go. really learn my yeah, own right. kid's birth year. We don't require math <laughs> skills to come on staff at Village Church, basically. Yes. So 2010 to 2014. He was born in 2014. Um, so I had four years of work before I became a mom. I really had to learn post-Oliver um, how to really serve my family well and how to serve the church well without sacrificing either of those things. So it's been kind of a unique learning curve. And um, the seasons change. So the minute I felt like I got it good at, in one season, it would change and he would start doing something different or things at church would change and I would need to, to learn how to adapt to that. So it's really just been um, praying and learning and being able to shift kind of my gears a little bit yep. and just go with the flow, I guess you could say. Yeah. I mean, 
when you're raising little kids, everything's changing every month. And then the church has changed. The last mm-hmm. two years have been, as Ollie's been alive, um, it ha- the church has radically transformed. And which means we have new demands, new projects, new this, new that, new staff, you know, new connections, new communications, et cetera, mm-hmm. which means your personal life is transforming in front of your eyes. Your marriage is transforming in front of your eyes and your job is transforming. Now, I think one of the positive things that people don't actually know this, that you were full time basically from uh, 2010 to 2015. Uh, then to 14 and then you went to part-time out of the office you were full-time in the office and then you went to part-time out of the office and people were still expecting you to be like a functional full-time administrative uh, office administrator and your whole job had changed your whole position had changed responsibility had changed and uh, that was a huge transition but i think giving you that freedom and this is what we have to do with young moms is we cannot put you in an office and then say um, function as if you don't have a child because your first calling in life is to be a follower of Jesus, a wife and a mother, and then your job. And so we have to make sure as a, as a staff and leadership that we're structuring your position and we are accommodating the reality of your greater callings in life. And so, for example, as a, you know, I get to lead our staff. If I am not, if I'm trying to put the mission of our church over and above your personal calling from Jesus Christ, there's a problem. Um, and there are times when, you know, we have to, you know, sacrifice is the wrong word. We have to shift how we would normally do things for a short season. But by and large, um, you got to be a mom before you're director of communications and connections. You have to be. If you miss that, you miss everything. Who cares if you build a great app and the, and your personal life is struggling or your kid doesn't get what he needs, you know? Um, so Deborah, you are a mom of four boys. Uh, no, four boys, four kids, two boys and two girls. Duh. I know all your kids. <laughs> Come on, Michael. So how um, has this season of motherhood changed your job? Because you have now grandkids and uh, how, is, how has it changed how you perceive what you're doing? I think, again, just to speak to that whole issue you talked about, there really is a great respect given to us as women who work on staff that our greater calling is being a mother Mm -hmm. and a wife. And um, it's very much respected and regarded. So that's just a wonderful thing. And for me, I think I've kind of seen all these seasons as I've been working here. And I am a mom who works. My kids are older, but they are young adults in our home. And I'm a grandmother. So I've been able to just take those experiences and validate those issues for some of the younger women on staff that, you know, your role first is a mom and then encourage them to find that balance in in the time and the season that they're in right now. You are the cheerleader for young moms in our church. That's one of the things I love is that young moms have are safe, right? So for example, as we record, we're setting up this week for VBS. I mean, Beth, how many, how many kids under five are running around through our church and pregnant moms? There's like, I don't know. A ton. A ton. There there are pregnant women. There are pregnant women everywhere, everywhere. everywhere. And then there are all of their children running around. Mm -hmm. And uh, I love the pregnant woman waddle. It's my favorite. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So um, you though, you have been a champion and a cheerleader for them, encouraging them to keep their priorities straight. You know, you and your husband, the community group, I know have pushed for that. And um, to have someone on staff who understands that um, more importantly than their ministry is their motherhood. And that is a higher calling and that is a necessary calling. It's their first ministry is to Jesus, to their husbands, and then to their kids. So I appreciate that, that you be willing to do that. So as we talk about pastoral ministry, um, you all have a unique perspective, right? Tim is in the other room. He's listening to all of this. Um, you guys have gotten to know myself really well. Um, 
How has your view of pastoral ministry changed um, because you've been on staff in a church? What have you learned about pastors? Bethany. In six years, I think it has radically changed how I viewed pastors. I thought their main job maybe was just preparing the sermon on Sunday and kind of being the face of the church, but I really think it is way more than that, and Mm. they spend their lives really um, meeting with people and loving people and um, trying to meet expectations and preparing sermons on Sunday and uh, just doing a whole slew of things that you wouldn't even expect behind the scenes and their lives are full and there's things pulling at them at all directions. And so it really takes, I think, a special calling from the Lord to be a pastor. I don't think everybody could do it, which Mm -hmm. is why I think a lot of people burn out. I just love watching our pastors in particular. You can tell by how they're thriving that they're really like getting their energy from um, Jesus and not just from themselves. And I mean, that's a definitely a testament to what is happening at the church and how it's growing right now mm-hmm. is the fact that I think they're being filled with the Holy Spirit for ministry. That's awesome. What about you, Deborah? Yeah, and I'd say the same. I think that, you know, you kind of look at pastors and think that they're main role is to teach the Word of God orally on mm-hmm. the pul- through the pulpit. But when you really get behind the scenes and you watch that so many people, all of the body is genuinely watching our pastors and mm-hmm. their families and their lives. It's as weird an, sometimes. Yes. As an example yeah. of how is the Word of God changing your life? Mm-hmm. How are you living it out? How is that truth bearing itself? Yeah. And then they look to see that to strengthen them, mm-hmm. to encourage them to live in that manner to how to apply the Word of God practically when they watch um, our pastors applying the Word of God to their lives. So it's huge. It, Like Bethany said, <laughs> huge. huge. Okay. <laughs> it's huge. But like Bethany said, I, I think you see some people burn out, and then you see some yeah. people thrive on that. And I guess perhaps that's the difference between genuinely being called yeah. and then pursuing it maybe for reasons that aren't right. But yeah. we've been blessed with just two great pastors at this time whose lives are something we can all watch and mm. learn from. Yeah, pastoral ministry is weird. And there are a lot of people who want to go into ministry and a lot of people who shouldn't. And there are some people who honestly should and haven't. And uh, we always tell guys, if you can do anything else in your life, go do that. Because it is just it is just unique, you know? And, um, and one of the things I, you know, we talked about short accounts earlier, and I want to revisit that for a moment because... Um, one of the one of the things that I've realized, you know, I've I've watched a number of pastors fall, too many, um, personally in my life, not just the public guys and on the news, but just personally, I've watched guys throw their ministries away for ridiculous things, and uh, some of the ones that I've watched have done it because they haven't tended to their soul, and uh, every pastor struggles to tend to their soul well all the time. That's just a fact. No pastor does it great, you know. But when we talk about short accounts, you know, Beth, like I remember, it might have been a year or two ago, and you just you sat me down and you said, "I want to just talk to you about some trends I've seen in your life." For me, that was actually one of the most meaningful conversations because it did a couple things. Number one, it told me you are just growing leaps and bounds in your courage, you know, um, let alone confronting anybody or bringing up some struggles that you see or these issues, you know, um, some people can be afraid to do that with their pastor. You know, you, with, I think, confidence and courage and clarity and love talked to me directly. You called out what you saw and it was true. And I needed to apologize, even though there's this part of me that was like, probably inside was like, nah, but I, 
I know you well enough to know that if you're calling it out, it's likely <laughs> going to be an <laughs> accurate thing, you know? And um, God used that moment to say, hey, red flag, Michael, like deal with this. Your soul has not been tended to as well. And um, so when we talk about short accounts, you know, like Deborah, I can come in and I have no doubt you'd be like, hey, are you okay? You look burdened, you know? And uh, I appreciate that because um, I need to be cared for as much as you need to be cared for. And as much as I might be a shepherd, I'm also a sheep. And I'm also a man who has sin issues and struggles. And so to know that we have um, men and women on our staff who will say, hey, um, this isn't okay. You need to really, you know, think twice about this. I appreciate that. And I think that is hugely protective, huge Huge. <laughs> Deborah. We're going to teach you how to say an S or an, not an S and H. Actually, you know what? I don't want you to learn because it's really <laughs> makes me laugh. I probably can't. Almost 52. Still saying. <laughs> yeah, right. All right. Two, two more questions for you ladies. And uh, unfortunately, Liddy had to go. So it's, it's you two right now. What has been your biggest challenge working for a church? Deborah? I would say that it's managing the reality that sometimes we have different focuses in what mm. we think should be accomplished, mm. what we th think should be the main focus of a season that we have. So, you know, just seeing seeing that, knowing that everybody's heart is after what they consider to be important, yep. and it's not it's not necessarily negative or against what someone else might consider to be yep. important, and then working in unity to bring about the best result yep. for God's glory. So you may you may think situation A is the most pressing, and Bethany might think it's B. At the end of the day, you want the same thing, you know, and remembering that your motive and your agenda is the same and your actual different perspective is a good thing. But I think we forget that really easily, that if you don't see it the way I see it, something's wrong with you. And in fact, actually, when people see it differently, it might actually mean that God has wired you different. And that's a good thing. And you're bringing more to the table than just a clone, which is great. What about you, Beth? The thing that's been the biggest challenge for me is really learning how to protect myself. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people who don't work in ministry, they don't understand the nature of the job, how it's really it really is 24-7, and it could be 24-7 if you let it. Yep. So you have to be really diligent about making sure you have a Sabbath, about making sure that there's certain times where it's okay for you not to answer your email or... Mm -hmm. Because um, people really could need you at all all the time, oh gosh, and you yeah. could really work all the time. Yep. You know, Sunday through Sunday, you could work morning through night, and so it's just really learning how to say no when you need to say no in, at good times, yep. and to protect yourself and to to really take time to be filled and to rest like yep. God commanded us to. And so that's been that's taken me several years, probably almost my whole time <laughs> yeah. working to really learn how to say no, because I'm also a people pleaser. So mm. I don't like, you know, ignoring somebody's text when I'm taking a Sabbath day, even yep. though I should. Um, so that's been my biggest challenge, I think, personally. People don't always understand. Um, so for you, Bethany, um, th this is actually a weird thing for people because I'm your boss, but we're also friends. Mm -hmm. And your husband is one of my closest friends. I love him dearly. And um and then we're also in the same community. And then our family all goes to the church because even though you have a leadership position in the church, your mom and dad go to the church. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then it is your niece, your niece and your nephew, and it's your sister, and it's your community, it's your friends. It all converges. And uh, so for me, I always say my job is my ministry, are my friends, are my community. Uh, I mean – is my family, my in-laws both go to the church and my children and wife. All, I mean, everywhere I go, every part of my life converges at the village church. And so the line between work, fun, ministry, 
um, and family. It's a very weird line. And I wouldn't change it for anything, to be honest. I love it. And so if anybody hears, and I know you do too, like if anybody hears like we're upset about it, there's nothing to do with being upset. It has to do with, no, it's just, it's a challenge. You got to overcome it. You got to figure out how to think about those things and honor the Lord in the process. So um, I appreciate that. I'm, I'm with you hundred percent on that. All right. Final question. What is your personal ministry outside of your job? Because at Village Church, you have your job and you're not allowed to work more hours than you are permitted. Otherwise you'll get in trouble. Right. And, um, but then everybody has a ministry because everyone else in the world goes to work and then they have a personal ministry. And so we ask all of our staff, what's your ministry? So what do you guys personally do in the church that is not connected to your job? Bethany. Well, I um, serve on the worship team and my husband is one of the worship leaders. So um, singing and music is one of my other passions. And yep. so that's what I love to do when I'm not doing my job. Yep. And you're awesome at it. <laughs> Deborah. For me, it's uh, being a community group leader, which yep. is um, a small group leader that extends outside a church. And you have an opportunity to pour yourself into other people's lives, depending on their needs, yep. um, depending on their age. Uh, Sam and I haven't the opportunity to mentor some of our younger couples that are raising uh, young families and just share our experiences and what God has taught us. So that's our passion. And Lydia and Alex are both small group leaders uh, with Forge, our youth ministry. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think she does other stuff too, but uh, you guys are kind of everywhere, <laughs> which is awesome. Well, I appreciate each one of you guys very much. I love you all. I'm very grateful you came here to record with us and I uh, really wanted our church and our listeners just to hear your heart and get to know you guys a little bit. And uh, I count it the joy um, of my life to be um, at Village Church with my wife and with my kids and with my family and with each of you guys. Love you guys. So Village Church, want to welcome you back tomorrow where the question is, will you rap for us again? The answer is yes, and we're going to have the ladies on staff join me. It's going to be life-changing.